Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. Uh, we would meet on Friday nights and we would begin to, to look at our church and we began to dive into different things. And, and we, we looked out and we laid out some of these things. We laid out that mission to be a passionate follower of Christ. We laid out the vision and, and what that looked like. And then inside of that, we kind of said, okay, what are some core things that we can look at? That we can focus on that will help us, that will encourage us to be passionate followers of Christ. And if our goal is that we would be passionate, if our goal is that we would, we would be growing in God's word and we would encourage one another and we would live a life so much so that that, that life would, would impact those that are around us within our community, then what are those things that we can do and that we can focus on that would really encourage us and encourage you in your walk to grow and to be more passionate with Him? And this morning we're going to look at what I believe and the more that I've even... I guess we did this about two years ago, but the more that I've grown in my life and the more that I've read and the more that I've studied, this one word or this first uh, uh, core value is to know Him. And I think more than anything in my life over the last couple years, that phrase, that knowledge of Him, to know Him, has really just radically been, been changing me. Because yes, there is something to having a passion and loving God, but we do not love God, or, we, or I should say this, we love God in a more passionate way as we know Him. There is no different with our relationship with God than it is with our relationship with anybody else that you might have. Be it your spouse, your children, your neighbors, your aunts, your uncles, your, grandma, your grandparents, whatever that is, but the more that you know them, it's more natural that you are falling more in love with them. Listen, there's some of you in here, I, I, we say it all the time in our circles, especially in church, hey, I love you, man. Praying for you this week, I love you. And I think most of us are pretty genuine in that, hey, I, I, I love you. But you know, when I say it to some of you in this room, there is a different genuineness and there's a different realness to that because there's a deeper relationship in that when I say I love you it means so much more because I've had a past with you if that makes sense one of the closest friends that I have here in this church is Kenny McCoy Kenny is in with our children but one of the reasons that my relationship is closer with Kenny is because I have a history with Kenny that when I first came here, his youngest daughter was, I guess, no, I shouldn't say when I first came here, but his youngest daughter, there was a lot of pregnancy issues and there was a lot of health issues early on in, the, in, the, in, his, in her life. They didn't know what everything were, and they, they thought there was going to be different complications. And so we would pray together, and we would contact each other, and we would talk together, and we, would, we built a relationship, and I began to get to know Kenny. 
And there's others of you in this room that I would have that same feeling towards because there's been a, a history. Maybe it's been a matter of, Pastor, could you pray for me over this circumstance? And, and as we've communicated, it's, it's grown and drawn that relationship closer together. But as we know one another, we naturally fall deeper in love with that individual. In this particular instance, what we're talking is to love Christ. To know Him is the most vital part. I've taken this thought last week, I talked about it in the sense of of our spouses, in the relationship that we have. If I were to look, and I'm just going to use my own personal story for just a few minutes, and some of you may say, "I, I get sick of hearing your stories, but that's my life, and so you get to hear some of those. But Mindy and I started dating when I was a senior in high school in 1997. For some of you, you're like, whoa. See, when I tell my kids that we went to school in the 90s, they're like, dad, you're really old. Some of you think the opposite. Thank you. I like that. But I was at church, and there was a Sunday afternoon and I believe, I don't remember if it was me, I, I was working with my dad and part of their company picnic was to go to Cedar Point, which is in Sandusky, Ohio. And if you've not, if you're an enthusiast of any kind of roller coaster and you've not been, you're just missing out. But anyway, so we got to go and then we got to bring somebody with us. And so for me, I really didn't know Mindy, but we've actually known each other since we were about 13 years old. And so I went to her mom. They were leaving church one Sunday, and I went to her mom, and I said, Hey, Judy, would you mind if Mindy would go with me to Cedar Point on such and such a date? September, August, what is it? Oh, 19th. I knew she would know it. I thought I knew it. August 19th. So I asked her mom. So Mindy went with us, and we went to Cedar Point on that particular day to me on that day it was I don't know if it was really a date I don't know what but it was our first time that we went out together and we were with a group of people and so that turned into conversations on a telephone with a cord That was not in my pocket. So that turned into conversation. That eventually turned into would you be my girlfriend type of a situation. And that, that thing was, that continued to grow. And as we grew together, we went to homecomings and we went to proms together. And, and as we kind of continued to grow, that led to conversations that were deeper than just kind of high school fun conversations. Eventually that conversation led to Things about family, how many kids we might want one day, which ultimately led to me sitting down at her house, standing actually in their kitchen with her father, Gary, and I believe her mother was in the room on that particular day, and I said, would you mind if I asked your daughter to be my wife? They said yes. There was some stipulation that I probably, I did not obey. But they said yes. Her dad wished that we would graduate college first, which we did not do. 
but we got married and history kind of goes through. But here we are going on 15 years where I was in 1997 with Mindy. It was kind of a cool date afternoon hangout at Cedar Point. That was really it. A couple years into that, it was a genuine I love you. Four children and nearly four or 15 years later, I don't know where my life would be without. My knowledge of Mindy has grown. Hopefully hers has grown in me as well. But my knowledge to know her better and to get to know her and to spend time with her and to, to engage with her, to cry with her, to hold each other's hands during loss and to do all of those things and to not know what's going to be happening tomorrow and to, to not know how we're going to pay that bill one time and to not know what we're going to do in this circumstance or what type of job would this happen or do we leave Virginia to go to, to, go to Las Vegas or do I, do I go from one church to another church or do I do this or do I do that and we cried and we cried and we have all these moments and memories and there's many things but through the knowing Mindy I love her so much more today than I ever would have five years ago ten years ago almost 20 years ago now see I can take that and make that personal and for all of us we all have those relationships in our lives whether you're married or you're not married you have those relationships in your life Where the more that you come to know somebody, you just love them the more and the more and the more. And as I go through this and I look at these different things, I look at this and I've began to understand this differently in my relationship with God. That though Mindy and I have a walk and we have a relationship together... I've bought Mindy cars, or we've bought cars together, we've, we have a house together, we have children, she has not a lot of jewelry, but she has a couple pieces of jewelry. I've come to know and understand more than anything that Mindy doesn't want anything but me. And in all reality, I don't really want Mindy to go, yes, Christmas is good and birthdays are good, but the reality of it is, I just want to know her. There's nothing better than thinking back of our times in the, in the park where we would just walk. There were no kids. And we would just walk and talk. Where we would go climb up Crabtree Falls in Virginia and just have a hike and walk. It was just her and I. See, in my walk with God, I said this last week. I can serve through music. I can serve through cleaning. I can serve through children. I can serve through through serving other people. And I can do all these things and do all these things. And I can give and I can give and I can give. But the bottom line is, God doesn't want all of that. He just wants you. And as I come to know God, as I know Him and I know Him better, all of those things are so natural out of my walk with Him that my love relationship is so much deeper. And this morning, as we get into this, let me ask you this one question. 
Maybe you can ask it kind of to yourself. But God, do I know you? God, do I, do I know you in an intimate love relationship? If I were to ask the question, do you love God? I'm going to bet that nearly every hand in this room would go up. Well, yeah, I love Jesus. I love God. But if I were to ask you and you were to really have to stop and in, look in the depths of who you are and I were to say, no, do you really love See, because the only way I can really love God is if I know Him. And I'm knowing Him and I'm growing in that walk with Him. Some of you are baby Christians and you're like, well, I really don't know Him in the, in the way that you know Him. Nope, and that's alright because I don't know Him in the manner that Alan knows Him. And in the manner of maybe Terry knows him. Or the manner of maybe a Scott Swingle knows him. Or the manner of maybe my mother knows him. Or other people who have been saved years and years and years longer than I have. And their walk with God is so much different than mine. And it's deeper than mine or whatever it would be. Why? Because there's a a greater knowledge. There's a greater time. The same as I love Mindy today differently than I did 14 years ago. This morning we're going to go to John 17 and we're going to read one key verse and then I'm going to jump off of that into a few other passages of scripture. This is a passage I've mentioned many, many times on Sunday mornings, especially over the last several months in this last year. But John 17 and verse number three will be the the passage this morning that we're going to focus this out of. John 17 and verse number three. It says this, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Father God, I come to you this morning, and Lord, I ask you, Lord, I pray that we would know you, that we would have a desire to know you, and that through this morning, Lord, we would be encouraged to draw closer to you. Lord, that we would understand and look at this passage that that eternal life, that this is eternal life, that, that we would know you. God, I pray that we would do that and we would grow in that. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. This morning we're going to look at three different points, some of which may be, uh, you may not think that it flows, but let me kind of make sense of all this as it pulls together. But the very first point this morning is this, knowledge starts with the revelation. Knowledge starts with the revelation. Again, I'm pretty confident I can look around this room, I can see most of you, I know there's a couple faces I may not recognize or know, but most people in this room, if I were to ask you the question, do you know Christ as your Savior? Most everybody in this room would raise their hand, yes, I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And by you saying that, you're, you're responding to this particular thing. Knowledge starts with the revelation that, that God has revealed himself to you and you've given your life to him and you've responded to that call of salvation. I'm just asking you, and as we go through this, to look at this, that most of us would say, yes, I understand and I've I've. I get that knowledge starts, but as we grow with God, as we grow with God, and this first point is really kind of a a simple thought, but this first point, God reveals himself to each and every one of us 
every day, whether you know Christ or you don't know Christ. But how we respond to that revelation is really, as we look at the knowledge and knowing Him, says so much really about our walk with Him. See, if I were to go to this in just generalities, God reveals himself. The, re- the revelation is, is the same for all of us in some regards. One of them is just creation. I can look out every morning. I look out and I can see mountains as I drive. We're fortunate. Maybe you don't think so, but I love driving in Las Vegas, depending on where you're at, looking up at the mountains and seeing how the, the, the clouds sit or whatever on the mountains. I love that. Some people hate the fact that you're living in a brown desert and you think, oh, this is the hideous place in the world. Well, shame on you. Suck it up. But anyway, I love, the other day I came from, from Boulder City area there in Henderson. I was coming down over that valley and you can see all of the cityscape and then right behind it you see all the mountains behind it. And depending on how the, the clouds hit and the sun hits, you can see the, the sun reflecting off of the building. Sometimes you can see a shadow over a portion of the city. Regardless of what it is, to me, creation speaks. Yesterday we were driving home and creation spoke through a rainbow right behind our house. God reveals himself through creation. In Psalms chapter 19, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Romans 1, in verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are, it says, clearly seen, being being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. God reveals himself through creation. God reveals himself through our conscience. Listen, every person in this room, and I've spent time uh, speaking on this a few months back, but every person in this room was born with the conscience to know right from wrong. Every person in this room was born, as I've said many times, with creation, or we were created, we 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 were created with a relationship in mind with him. That means that I was born to worship and have a relationship with God. I was born for that. And in that, there was a conscience that God has given to me. In Romans chapter 2 and 14 and 15, it says, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature things contained in the law, it says this, These having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the mean while accusing or else excusing one another. Listen, have you ever had a conversation with somebody that maybe say they're atheist or agnostic or whatever? I don't believe in that stuff. But they're the first people to do what? Use scripture against you. Doesn't your Bible say this? Doesn't your Bible say that? And they begin to bring things up. Do you know what? It's in our hearts to have a conscience of right and wrong. Period. The next one is the revelation is revealed through Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 5, 18 says, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father making himself equal with God. In John 8, it says, Before Abraham was, I am. 
In John 14, it says this, it says, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father. Christ has been revealed. Scripture is revealed. In John 20, it says, But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing ye might have life through his name. Second Timothy 3.16, one that we all know, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We've been created with a relationship in mind. And God will reveal himself to you and I in salvation. As I wrap up this first point, the gospel is empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you remember, I spoke several, probably two months ago, I I gave a a two-part series and I looked at uh, kind of how we come to know Christ or how that kind of works, what the gospel is. And I shared some of these thoughts here that the gospel is revealed that, I'm sorry, the gospel is empowered by the Holy Spirit. That God reveals himself to you and I. And the gospel is grounded in God's word Faith, it says what, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Holy Spirit reveals the work of Christ through the word of God. And then the gospel is spread by you and I, people, the witness. The knowledge is initiated by the revelation of God himself. And for you and I that stand here, sit here this morning and and know Christ... It wasn't that one time God came to you wherever that circumstance was when you came to know Christ as Savior and when God spoke to you and God revealed himself to you and the Holy Spirit was tugging on your heart and working on your heart and he said, hey, for me, Aaron, you need me. You, you have sinned and you have fallen short and Aaron, you need a Savior and Aaron, Aaron, I am here, come to me. When he revealed himself and I responded back, it didn't stop there. The revelation of God did not stop there with in that particular moment. No, as the Holy Spirit came and now lives inside of me, every time I open up God's word, he is able to reveal himself to me. Every time I'm driving down the 15 or I'm driving down the 215 or the 95 or wherever it is that I'm driving in this town and I look up and I, and I see something and I say, oh, that is beautiful. God, thank you for a rainbow and the promise of a rainbow. God, thank you for the the sun that shines and thank you for the clouds and thank you for, for whatever it is and God reveals himself. You know what? Every time I walk and every time I talk and every time I go, God can reveal himself more and more and more so long as I'm open to him and saying, God, I just want to know you more. But I have to be so willing to say, God, I want to know you. God, I'm accepting this revelation. God, I, 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 I need more of you. God's revelation is the first part of this process of knowing him. And as God revealed himself to you initially when you came to, to maybe come to know Christ, or maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've not come to know Christ and, and God is tugging on your heart. And you're sitting here and you're, 
you're questioning and you're, you're wondering this and you're asking the questions of why and how and, and how could somebody send a son and how could this guy die on a cross and how can my sins be forgiven and I'm a, how could this happen? God's revealing himself to you. We must respond. And the second point is this, we must believe in his revelation. Belief is obviously foundational to salvation and knowing him. We have to come to a point in our lives that we trust and believe that he is the Christ. That he is the healer. That he is the son of God. That he is our strength. That he is our refuge. That he is our joy. That he is our peace. That he is our rock. That he is all powerful. That he is who he says that he is. This morning I was reading in my devotions and one of the, I've I've started this new devotional thing and it's looking at the different names of God. And this morning it was that I am. That I am. I have to come and as I grow in my walk with God and as I come to know Him, I have to believe every day that He is the I am. I have to believe These things, it's not that one day when I was a child back at the campground, and I've shared this story many times, where I bowed my head and I said, God, I need a Savior, and it stopped there. No, listen, as you're a believer in Christ this morning, you can live victorious in belief daily. See, here's our problem. We wanted to believe him for salvation, but we don't want to believe that he is our comforter and he is the one that will give us joy and he is the one that will get us through the trial and he is the one that does that because somewhere in there we go, well, God, you were really good at that, but I'm just not sure that this makes sense. And so I don't know that I really fully believe this. Hey, if you believe that God is who he says he is and that he can take you from the pits of hell and give you an eternal life with him, then I sure as ever hope that you would believe that he can get you through the circumstance that you're going through. I hope that you would believe that in your financial crisis that he is bigger than your $10,000 debt or whatever your debt amount is. I hope that you would believe that in your time of not understanding why you're going through the hell circumstance, that he is stronger than that and that he will get you through that. It's something that I've known. It's something that I've known. It's something that I've known. But it was just a few weeks ago, and I don't know, Anthony, when we talked that one day, his his, his mother-in-law passed away and he said this, I know That he is the healer, though he did not heal her today on this earth, and we get to spend more time. I know she's healed in heaven. See, listen, our earthly mind and our sin-stricken mind and what we can perceive and what we can know here, and we don't understand, the reality is this. Though someone goes home to be with the Lord, that is healing that is comfort that is joy that is peace that is all of the things that we so desire though we didn't get it the way that we wanted it that loved one that we have that's now walking a street of gold that does not have a tear in their eye 
that does not have a pain in their body, that does not have a a misunderstanding any longer, that does not, they are worshiping 100% sin-free, loving, and coming to know God in perfection, what we are hoping to get there one day. But we, somewhere, sometime, often, we fail to just believe and trust that He is who He says that He is, and He will do what He says that He will do. This morning, we have to uh, begin to understand that that revelation early on, what I just stated, that, that knowledge starts with the revelation. We then have to come to a place where I believe in faith that the revelation is real. Some of us, though we've been forgiven of sin, and we would sit here today and you would say, Pastor... I know that God forgave me. I know that He's given me everlasting life. I praise God in that. Do you know what? You have to believe even today, even the more sometimes, to look back and say, but I have to... It's been a long five years. The addiction of my life, the struggle and in, in, in then not understanding why my mother was this way or why my father was this way or why my, my this person or whoever it is that was close and why would somebody hurt me or God, why would you allow me to have this issue or that issue? And, and we go and we live our lives and we go, but God, you can't forgive me though you have said one day, Father, forgive me. I know I've sinned. You know what, today... If you've placed your faith and trust in God, you need to continue to believe that He forgave. And you need to continue to believe that you can forgive the next person because He forgave you. And we need to continue to believe that He is the great I Am. And we need to continue to believe that He is all-powerful. Do you believe that He's all-powerful? Then let's live that we believe that He's all-powerful. But we have to believe it. I can only speak for me. There's been many times I've said, God, I'm trusting that you're going to do X, Y, or Z. And inside of me, there's really nothing in me that really believes that he's going to do that. Have you ever prayed that prayer? I'm glad I'm the only one. Have you ever prayed a prayer of healing, but there's nothing in you that believes God can heal? Have you ever lived through addiction and you're thinking, man, I'm going to pray, God, you're going you're to free me from addiction. And inside of you, you're going, there's no way that you can do that. We have to believe. We have to believe. The entire goal of the Christian life is to know God. If God created us for relationship, then the goal is the relationship. I said this a couple weeks ago. If you've come to know Christ as your Savior and you're only living so that you can get to heaven one day, you are completely missing the boat. Heaven is going to be amazing. 
Heaven is going to be amazing. I can't fathom streets of gold. I can't fathom pearly gates. I can't fathom complete perfection. I can't fathom. I don't know if there's going to be grass. I don't know what it's all going to look. I don't know what the trees are going to be like. I don't know what any of those things are going to be looking like. But I can't imagine the perfection of what heaven is. But here, here's what it is. It's not all of the stuff that we really talk about so many times. Because we talk about what? We talk about our Lord. But so many times, you know what we do? I said it just a few moments ago. Lynn is walking the streets of gold today. Hey, you know what? I can praise God that Lynn is walking the streets of gold today. I can praise God that I have grandparents that are walking the streets of gold today. But you know what? We talk about the streets of gold and we talk about that they're going to walk through those pearly gates and we've got a mansion just over the hilltop and we've got all this. No, stop, 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 stop. That is amazing. That's a byproduct of an amazing God that I get to worship for all of eternity. And it starts today. I can do that today. I'm just doing it in an imperfect manner, seeking Him. And one day I'm going to be perfectly serving and knowing Him. It'll be really cool that I have a mansion or whatever it is. It'll be really cool that the streets aren't of concrete, but they're of gold. It'll be really neat that I don't cry again. But the reality is I get to know my Savior in perfection. Listen, there's so many amazing byproducts of loving this woman. But there is nothing like just being with her. Yes, we have beautiful children. We have amazing things. God's blessed us beyond what I could ever think or imagine. But the reality is this. I get to be with her. In heaven... There's a lot of byproducts of the amazing grace of God. But I get to know Him and perfection and worship just Him. Listen, He's going to look at me and He's not going to say Aaron because He has a name just for me that I don't know. Believe. It's about the relationship. The last point is we must devote our time. We must devote our time. This morning, I think you all probably could have guessed what the last thought was going to be. I want to present this to you maybe a little bit different Maybe you have heard it. Most all of my life I've grown up and I've been told, you need to have a devotion time with God. You need to have a time where you're sitting down and you're reading God's word. You need to have a time where you sit down and you pray. And I've said it to teenagers and I've said it to people and I've said it and I've done all of those things. But there's so many times, it would be one of those things, hey, if you don't pray, then, then give God two minutes today. And allow that to grow. And next week, maybe it'll be five minutes. Or next month, it'll be five minutes. Or whatever it is. Just give God a little bit of time and allow that to grow. 
Listen, I am not saying don't have a devotional time. I am not saying to don't give God your two minutes or your three minutes or your 30 minutes or your hours or whatever. But listen, if there's one thing that I've gotten to know, spending time with God is not about me spending and blotting out 30 minutes of my morning so that I can just read my Bible. I love my devotion time in the morning. I do. Sometimes it's better than other times. You know what? Sometimes I don't get on my knees for four hours in the morning before anybody else in my home wakes up. Do you know what? That's never happened. (laughs) I used to think when I was in college, Dr. Falwell would always say I would start my morning at four in the morning. I would go down to one of the dorm rooms and after he came to know Christ, he would, he would go down and he would pray for three to four hours a day. Man, I was always thinking, man, I don't know how in the world I'm going to get up that early. I honestly used to be like, I, I, man, I need some of that faith and I need some of that. Do you know what? His walk with God is different than my walk with God. Do you know what? Some of you have a prayer life that I can only dream of having. Some of you have a time with God and reading your, your, your Bible that some people only dream of having. It's not about blotting out 20 minutes of my morning before anything else happens. Though for me, I do my reading and my prayer time in the morning. It's not about making sure that I read through the Bible this year and I do my daily Bible reading and I get through from Genesis to Revelation and I've got everything done. If there's anything that I've learned in my short time and there's anything that I've learned of, of lately, and it is that, that there are times where I can just pour in to one, two, three, four verses of scripture that will completely punch me in the face and make me go, I need you. It's not about, this morning, it's not about I carved out 30 minutes because here's what I have found in my life. When I have just said, I'm carving out my 30 minutes and this is my devotion time, and I leave that 30 minutes and nothing the rest of my day says anything to God? Tell me what that was for. Tell me what that was for. No, my time with God should be an unending time always. Listen, when I leave my house, there's times throughout the day I'm fortunate, some of you can't do this, but we'll text, text each other back and forth. Hey, I love you. Hope you're having a good day. Some of you are not allowed to have your, your phones in your workplace, and I get all that, but, but there's times throughout the day that we'll have a conversation throughout the day. You know what? There's times throughout the day that I'll be sitting in my office, and I'll begin to just kind of pray. There's times when I'm driving and somebody's name will pop into my head and I'll begin to just pray. The other day I was listening to some sports talk radio and I was driving from here to to Red Rock Canyon and I dropped off my daughter with Big Jim and she was doing her thing and on my way back I was listening to something and all of a sudden I just hit the off button and I just began to pray and some of your names came into my head. 
It wasn't my blotted 30 minutes of time. Uh, it, it was just, it wasn't even for the full 40 minute drive all the way back home. It was just God. Hey, I don't know why you're dropping that guy's name on my mind, but speak to him today. God, if there's a way that I could be an encouragement, God, for our church, whatever it would be, when we look at the time, and I don't have much left, let me go to this passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to be wrapped up. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. It's a familiar passage. One of the most known passages in Scripture, I would say, in the New Testament. But it says this, I am the true vine, and I and my Father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And here's where I want to sit for just the next two or three minutes. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples." There's a lot of sermons right there. I could do many, many weeks on that passage of Scripture. But as I close out this morning, there's three words that are said over and over and over, and it's abide in me. Abide in me. Listen, your prayer time may be four hours, and I pray that it's amazing and powerful. Your prayer time may be blotched between five and ten or whatever minutes that you have. I do not know what your walk with God looks like. But the more that you come to know Him, the more that you can just rest. Abiding in Him is literally just resting in Him. I'm just sitting in Him. I'm resting in Him. I'm, I'm relaxed in Him. I've said it many times. I can go to my parents' home. No matter where they have lived, I can go to my parents' home. I can sit upon their couch, kick my legs up, and be at home. Because that's home. Granite. My childhood home back in Ohio on Millrich Road is no longer my home. But when my parents moved out here and they moved to Boulder City and I would go and I would sit at their home in Boulder City. Or when they moved down to Henderson and I sat in their home in Henderson, whatever it would be, because it's home. It's mom and dad, it's home. 
When I go to my house, I can just sit. I go in and I'll, I'll kick my feet up on the couch and I can relax. I can rest in my home. Listen, our time with God should be just that. I am abiding in Him. And as I go through this life and as I, as I walk through this life, I'm going in and I am, I am desiring to know Him. The only way that I can know Him is to believe in Him and to just abide and rest in who He is. It says, remain in me. It is in me that you have the fruit. When we spend time with Him, when we can learn to abide in Him, just rest and sit with Him. <clears throat> when we can get to the place that we can remember, Jesus does not want my service, He wants me. I've said this, it's been a while since I said it, but I said this maybe a year ago or so. Jesus when I can realize that I am not here serving you, I am serving and knowing Him, and through that I get to serve you. My job is not to serve you. For some of you, you just about fell out of your chair. My job as a pastor is not to serve you. My job is to know God Almighty and to serve God Almighty. And as I serve God Almighty, I get to serve you. And I get to be a part of this incredible thing that God is doing. But that only comes as I abide and as I rest in Him. I'm going to close with this thought. Fruit on the vine can do nothing to make itself grow. Apart from the vine, the branch has no life. The life of the vine is the life of the branch. And any fruit produced on the branch is the result of the life of the vine flowing through it. Listen this morning. You can't produce fruit as hard as you might try. You may serve more hours than anybody else here. You may do all of the things that we're supposed to do. But God is the only one that can produce that. And as we come to a place where we can recognize that I just need to love Him and be passionate about Him... And in that time, I'm going to know Him. And as I begin to know Him, I'm going to serve. I'm going to spend more time. <coughs> I'm going to desire things that I've never desired before. I'm going to so crave being in God's house. I'm going to crave serving God. I'm going to, I'm going to desire. I'm going to crave. I'm going to do all those things. Why? Because I'm just abiding. I'm here abiding, waiting my time. till that one day in perfection, I can know Him and honor Him. Listen, church, as I close out, looking at that first core value of knowing Him, it starts with a love, not a command. Let me, let me exp explain that. 
many times, or should I say maybe not a command, not a law, we think I have to do all of these things because that's the right Christian thing to do. Listen, there are things that you should do as a Christian. But if it's being done because I'm telling you it should be done, it's for naught. It's for naught. It should be done because you are loving Him and abiding in Him. And as you're loving Him, you're, you're knowing Him more and you desire to spend time and you desire to serve and you desire to do those things. Pastor Johnny Hunt says this, all of my want-tos changed when I came to know Christ. All of my want-tos changed because he fell in love with who Christ was. Listen, maybe this morning you sit here and you would say, Pastor Aaron, I know what salvation means. I know that the story that Jesus died on a cross. I know the story that God, uh, He sent His Son to forgive me of my sins. I know those things because I've heard it before. But I don't know it in my heart because I've never believed. Can I ask you this morning, if God has revealed Himself to you and God is tugging on your heart and God is challenging you and He's saying, come home, can I just beg you this morning, believe and come home. Believe and come home. Listen, for those of you that sit here and you'd say, Pastor, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I know Christ is my Savior. Can I just beg you? Can I challenge you? Can I plead with you? Listen, I don't want a church that is here to serve me. I don't want a church that is here just to serve the people outside of these walls. I want a church and I pray for a church and I'm praying that God would give us a church where we desire to love Him and know Him. And out of that, we will serve because it's in the bottom of our heart that we have nothing more to do. We have nothing more desire than to serve Him and honor Him. And maybe this morning you would say, Pastor, I have served. And Pastor, I have given my time. And Pastor, I've done some of those things. But I've done it for you. Or I've done it for another pastor. Or I've done it because it's something that somebody told me I was supposed to do. And I need to just do it because I need to know him more and love him more. Listen, we're going to have an offering time in just a moment. Let me ask you, and I've no, no pastor has ever said this, I can promise you. Don't put a dime in the plate if you're not doing it to know Him more. I'm just being real. Giving to God in any way, shape, or form should be in the bottom of our heart to know Him and to serve Him in a better capacity. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.